I just, it wasn't even a brain fart. It was a brain shart. I have been using the same recording <laughs> platform for like three years now. And I still, just now, just forgot how to start recording. So... Do I make you panic when I count? No, you do it so well. I just, I think it's just been like a really, it's been like a really long day today. (laughs) I think I just. You know, same. And it's only 1.30 for me. Oh my God. (laughs) Good. So. But I can feel it. It's all going um, swimmingly for both of us. So. Welcome back to Oddities, everybody. (laughs) I'm Cassie. I'm Kelly. And welcome back to Strange Town. Uh, as per usual, check out the description for links to all of our fun social media shit and also our merch. And if you'd like to email us, our email is in there as well. We'd love to hear from you, whether it's just to say hello or to share a story or a topic you want us to cover, what have you. We always respond. You can ask anybody. Yep, because we get really excited when we hear from you guys. At least I do. I see an email about a story time or a topic suggestion or anything i'm like a hundred percent my heart my heart like skips a beat and i start sweating profusely because i'm happy (laughs) truly so um it's all there and a big shout out to before i forget to Lindsay bidwell she has uh designed our new logo thing and also some of our merch she does brilliant work we've got her uh instagram portfolio linked in our description as well she is amazing hire her Thanks, Lindsay. (laughs) This is so random, but I have to say, your eyebrows look amazing today. (laughs) Thank you. I spent some extra time on them this morning. It shows. I'll tell you why I spent some extra time on them. You're going to laugh. So I have like a little like, it's like a, it's like a little trimmer that you can just use for like miscellaneous. Like you can use it in your nose if you want. You can use it for like eyebrow detailing, like what have you. I get like I don't really get a unibrow I get like three hairs that show up in between my eyebrows and I was feeling lazy and I was like oh I'm gonna shave them shaved off like a quarter of one of my eyebrows so I that is why I spent that is why I spent extra time on them because I okay for the record though you I couldn't tell that you did that which is really great thank you for saying so I was feeling self-conscious so you you knew I needed that without even knowing so thank you out now that's how thin my patience is today <laughs> oh my god you used the you used the mom voice that was so cool to hear Ugh, so why don't you worked. why don't you tell us how are you <laughs> just so here's the thing everyone knows i live in california everyone knows that california is basically underwater now <laughs> you're either on fire or underwater there is no in between there's 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 no in between it's it's that's the way it is and I love the amount of rain that we're getting, but my kids are going crazy because they're cooped up. <laughs> we just need to chloroform them. Um, yesterday, we found this really great place in our area. It's called, it's like, I don't know what it's called. It's like a little city for kids. Oh, cool. So it's buildings all their size. They've got houses and like a little mechanic shop and a, a costume place and Fun. a store and a diner. It's adorable. It's awesome. Um, the kids had a freaking blast. It was like literally my savior. I just regret that we went an hour before closing. <laughs> oh my God. Well, now we know for next time. <laughs> yes. Now we know for next time, but it, it is a really cool place. It's close by. So we will be utilizing that more during rainy days because apparently California's decided we're allowed to have rain again. Amaze balls. Okay. Well, that's a good um, find. Yeah, so that's pretty good. But yeah, I just I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. And it's <clears> like they don't exactly understand. Well, why can't we go play outside? Well, it's 48 degrees and raining. That's why. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's that. But uh, other than that, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm fine. Let's see. We're recording on a Monday, by the way, because uh, this past weekend I we took a road trip out to New Jersey to celebrate my dad's birthday. So um, I'm just fresh off of work and so therefore a little bit fried. I'm a little bit fried because a big presentation coming up like next week. And so I'm just like a little 
little stressed, but it'll be fine. <clears throat> and You're gonna nail it. We sure hope so. And um, there's also like a big event coming up for work in February. So there's been like a, just like a ton of hype around that and stuff we have to do. Um, so but that'll be cool. Get to go to Nashville. And my company is like, we're going to go hang out. My company, like I own it. The company I work for. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I owned it. Um, the company that I work for, we're going to go to a saloon one night. I'm pumped. Uh, you That's better, exciting. You better believe I'm getting some bedazzled ass cowboy boots to wear. Like, I'm going to yeehaw the fuck on you, up you into there. You need to get the, the bedazzled uh, fringe jacket. That's a, like a very in thing that I'm seeing right now. Okay, where can I find it, though? Because, like, people keep mentioning it, and I'm like, fuck yeah, like, I'll wear that shit. I'll do research and send you links. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate Because I'm good at that. I'm I appreciate really good at finding it. crap. <laughs> You're great at a lot of things, first of all. Second of oh, all, thanks. I do appreciate that. Otherwise, I'm going to get like an, like an all-black fringe jacket because it's just all-black everything all the time for me. Black like my soul. <laughs> Mine too. I mean, <laughs> I mean, at least we match. That's right. And uh, let's see. Anything, anything fun to share? We Well, Corey... This is a fun fact for everybody. Corey had never seen the show Friends, so we've been making our way. I have all of them on DVD. I'm dating myself, but we've been we've been watching them. I love this so much, and I just wish that I could witness it unfold of okay. him watching it. He loves what it. What I love more than anything is the fact that Michael and I were obsessed with that show when we were all living in the same city. Oh my god! So. Like, the amount of times we actually watched it and, like, just managed to miss when Corey was hanging out with us to watch it. I love that. Yeah, he really loves it. And we're, we are on the final season. We're getting there. But what we just realized the other night is I actually had, in fact, started this without him. So, like, he missed, like, the whole first season. So now when we finish, we have to go back to the first season. <laughs> Gotta do a little wraparound. Just, just... A little wraparound. We love a beginning and we love an end. So, <laughs> little fun fact seriously we've watched it so many times my husband and i and we lego came out with the set oh i love that the the coffee central park yeah and so we built that while watching the reunion oh (laughs) fun fun. and then we haven't built it yet but we have the apartments now oh my god shut up they make all of that yes and you bet your ass we will be watching friends while building the of course naturally only way to do it so that's our date nights that's what we do we send the kids to bed and we build legos (laughs) i love that um well obviously send pictures when it's done all of all of them i I should say when they're done um but china cabinet just filled with legos oh i know you mentioned that i love that that's so fun who's your favorite friend i'm between phoebe and joey Okay. I think they have a lot of great things that just like go over everyone's heads. Yeah. Kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Like they have some really good lines that just everyone decides to miss. I know. <laughs> so. I like Chandler and Joey, I think. And I really liked it when they were living together, like towards the beginning. They were, they are a fantastic duo. They are. They truly are. Yeah. Um, wow. So, um, well, here we are, eight and a half minutes in, as per usual, right on track. Actually, hey, this is fast. <laughs> this is yeah. fast for us. Wow. Look at us. <clears throat> I have a lengthy and heavy topic, but one that I'll inevitably make many jokes about in between. Same. <laughs> you too. <laughs> I don't know that it's lengthy. I mean, how many pages? Well, do I mean, to be fair, mine's only lengthy because I put it in like really large font for some reason. So Okay. Easier to read? I do that. I think I honestly just wasn't paying attention to what the fuck I was doing, as per usual. I have three and a half pages. Oh my god, mine's literally 22 pages right now. Okay. So (laughs) This is in my handy dandy little book. (laughs) I love it. Do you want to start? I think I started last week, didn't I? I think you did, because we were going to end on a conspiracy. Conspiracy. I didn't say it right. Anyway, <laughs> I like what you just did. That was like bluesy. You're like conspiracy. I like that. <laughs> why don't you? Why don't you uh, take it away, my friend? Well, I'm gonna be surprising you and surprising our listeners. I decided this week to do a surprise part two to my last week's. Is it Marie Laveau? Theory. No, it's not. Oh. 
because well, that's okay. Going to be. We covered her anyway, so in the past, I was covering something creepy that happens with her. But anyways, okay, okay, <laughs> listening. I'm covering a more factual part to last week's Ooh. of the bodies of the Titanic. Ooh, uh, okay. Ooh, what happened Ooh. to them? Where did they go? What? What what was made of them? What was done with them? I mean, you know, uh, you know, I love dead people, which sounds all wrong, but it's all good. But if if everyone knows you, which everyone who's listening at this point better know you, <laughs> I would good. hope so. It's been a, we've been on this road together a while now, my friends. It's all been a wild one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now again, we all know about the Titanic and whether it's because you've actually read about the Titanic or because Leo and Kate taught you about the Titanic. <laughs> That's correct. We all know. So I'm not going to go too deep into that, but I will dive into what happened, what happened after, after it sank. Okay. Um, the Titanic was carrying 2,224 passengers and crew on board. And that number bothers me. Why wasn't there 225? <laughs> yeah. Why'd they have to, why, why? Like, it's just, that one, like, why, why could it just be a nice round number? A nice, <laughs> nice 225, asking. but no, but that's a big old fuck you to all of us throughout time. There were 724 passengers and crew saved, leaving approximately 1,500 passengers and crew dead. So what happened to the deceased? Were they recovered? Were they buried at sea? Did they stay in the Titanic? Oh, Lord. Okay. <clears throat> Here's the bigger questions. With 1,500 deceased, how many did go down with the ship? How many managed to make it up or stay on the surface because of their life jackets? And how many died from hypothermia within 15 minutes because of the 28 degree water? Also, can I just say fuck that? That is an awful way to fucking, <laughs> like, I mean, honestly. And, like, it sounds quick, but I, I don't think that's, that's a long 15 a fucking minutes. That's a horrid way to die because you're just you're literally slowly freezing to death. Like there's no, no, that's, that's, that's such ass. Like yeah. I, I wouldn't wish that on anybody. I wouldn't wish it. I wouldn't wish drowning on anybody either. I don't know. Like I, I, I wouldn't be down for that. No. Um, one fact is that 340 bodies were recovered, which means 160 body or 1,160 bodies were never seen again. Oops. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they went down with the ship. Three days after the sinking, a ship by the name of the Mackie Bennett set sail from Nova Scotia, Canada to recover the bodies, but didn't arrive until four days later, meaning it had been an entire week since the sinking before the bodies were even recovered. Were even Oh my God. Well, what about currents and everything? And that's the hard part. And I think that's why it took them longer to find them mm. being mm. that timeline. Um, the deceased weren't, were exposed in the ocean. Yeah. And the natural elements and the sun, birds, creatures. Yeah. They weren't in pristine condition, to say the least. I'm sure. Um, in total, the Mackie Bennett recovered 306 bodies, another boat recovered 22 bodies, another boat recovered six, and another boat recovered three more floating in a boat 200 miles away from the crash site a month later. Oh, God. So it's pretty impossible to know exactly how many went down with the ship or floated away, really. Like, I mean, when you can think about it, currents, wind, life jackets, they're going to float. And so who knows where other bodies may have ended up. Um, some of the bodies that were recovered were too disfigured to be able to identify. So they were wrapped in canvas and weighed down and put back into the ocean for a sea burial. Approximately 166 bodies they did this to the ones that they did decide there was hope for they were embalmed on the Mac Mackie Bennett and they were placed in coffins and the funeral home in Nova Scotia that was responsible wait for it oh my god there's a Titanic <laughs> John Snow Company shut up <laughs> do they know nothing <laughs> <laughs> and they and they used the local curling rink as a temporary morgue for the bodies coming back. Oh, God. I mean, that was kind of that's, smart, though, but, like... It's totally a Canada thing. That is so Canadian. <laughs> like, that's the most Canadian. Um, 
when they were uh, returned, there were 150 people buried in Halifax who were never actually identified, despite Aww. the hope that they might be. Now, as far as the bodies trapped within the Titanic, right? You're a science lady. You know that. They're, they're, obviously, they're not there anymore. Correct. They're long gone. They're gone. They yes. <laughs> due to currents, due to natural sea life, due to exposure. Decomp. Yep. There, there, there's yeah. There's no. There's they don't. They, no. And actually, James Cameron has said that he saw absolutely no human remains on his thirty dives to the ship. Wow. I believe it. I mean, why right. would he at that point? So, believe it or not. This has been, like, a rising question since it happened. What all happened to the bodies? And, like, there's no actual... There's, like, a few articles, but all of them say different things. Of course. And that just <clears throat> makes me ask more questions. Of course. <laughs> um, my source for this was Ask Mortician. Again, she's on YouTube. If you guys aren't following or watching God her bless. Things, you should be, because she's phenomenal. Um I just feel like hers was the most accurate, so I went with hers. <laughs> I would do that. Yeah, good choice. So, wow, that wasn't really very long at all. I suck. No, you don't. That was good. Four that, and was, half pages. that was very interesting. I stopped recording somehow. Oh my god, when did you it's stop? It's okay. It just stopped just now. Okay. Is it <laughs> so, back? Yeah, it's back. It's fine. Oh, thank god. Okay. It all right. Gave so me we... a mini heart attack. We're fine. Holy shit. Okay. All according to plan, as always. I Technical. Hit the space bar, and it did it. No technical oh difficulties. No, yep, it's all all on par here. I, Why I love did that. I decide to cover this? Well, I think it's interesting, and I was curious to see what was done in in that timeline. I mean, 1912. There's yeah. a mass difference of <clears throat> rescuing, obviously, and recovery. disaster response. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I think it is interesting that a lot of bodies were buried back to sea. Mm-hmm. after being recovered and I like a lot of people are horrified by that but I think it's kind of beautiful and let's like backtrack again reminder I was raised by two navy sailors right <laughs> so I know what a burial at sea means I, I learned at it about it at a young age so to me I guess it's not weird it's a normal thing for me to hear um but I I mean it wasn't like they were like oh we can't identify you flop it was a respectful yep. thing and there's actually some really cool photos of the the Mackie Bennett and I believe it's a priest blessing the bodies and burying them at sea. Like it was a whole ceremony. They weren't just like cover, wade, drop. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm glad they did it right. Respectfully done. And even the bodies that they were able to recover and embalm and bring back, those were they even though they were not identifiable, they were still given proper burials, proper services. The only thing that bums me about that is like who knows what their beliefs were. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So who knows if they got like the proper thing, but at least they were trying to respect the bodies and I can applaud them for that. Well, yeah. And I think it's more of like with that whole thing anyway, is like the intention behind it. Like, you know, how, how would they have been able to know anyway, like what their beliefs were and everything. So they did the best they could. And I think that's what really matters. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I also went with this topic mainly because I had sent Cassie information about the Titanic Expo in my area. And it's been literally on my tiktok feed now on my instagram feed on facebook ads are popping up and i was like i just couldn't get it out of my brain so i decided part two friends i love it i love no i'm so glad i i will first of all talk up and down about the titanic any day but second of all about dead bodies i just i mean just death is just like one of my favorite topics death is fascinating i don't I think, yeah, there was a time where, you you know, you, I mean, I think everyone has a time where they fear death, but I think if you embrace it and learn about it, it makes it less scary. And I don't know, I like learning. So. Yeah. I'm super comfortable with the concept of death. So like, it's just, yeah, but I, uh, I just, I love talking about the scientific side of things. I love talking about how bodies break down. I like talking about what happens. Another thing too, if you think about the whole burial back at sea thing, it's like very much like ashes to ashes, dust to dust energy, right? Like they died out there. They're getting laid to rest out there. Like, I don't know. I just think it's kind of like, yeah, there's something a little bit poetic about it. I could see why people would be like, what the fuck? Like I can see that, but 
Yeah. Which also, like, makes a poetic end to the Titanic because, you know, she goes back to the ship when she dies and they're Big all time. there. Also, I do want to say a really fun fact about somebody who didn't die on the Titanic. And this was, mm-hmm. like, like kind of a... I don't know if it was a nod in the, in the movie. You know, in the movie, and they're hanging on the ship and the chef is there drinking out of his flask. Big time. The real chef actually survived because he was drunk. <laughs> I love that. He that was is recovered and alive. You know, because they actually did try to go back to save those right. who were in there. He was alive because he was warm from the alcohol, Dude. specifically from the cooking sherry. That guy did it right. If I was going to be <laughs> dealing with any of that shit, you know, I would get drunk off of my ass. Hell I'm yeah! I'm dying. Where's the alcohol? Give me the booze. <laughs> yeah, let's have ourselves a party. Yeah, I love it. Conspiracy! (laughs) I just can't stop now. (laughs) Thank you for that. Uh, Thank Uh, you. Well, well done. What an interesting, good, good choice. Well, snaps for Kelly. Yes, I love it. I love it. Go you. I have a radically different direction that I'm taking us in. All right. As, as usual. <laughs> Today I'm covering the House of 200 Demons, aka the Exorcisms of Latoya Amons. <laughs> right on. Let's go. <laughs> Rolls right off the tip of the tongue. See, there's a good number 200. 200. That's a nice number. It's not 298. It's not it's 202. Not, it's not 197. It's 200. 200. That's all I'm saying, Titanic. You should have known better. Yeah. Fuckers. So, so the year is uh, 2014. So really not that long ago at all. Ooh. I mean, this is actually like way too close for comfort. <clears throat> and our story involves a woman and three children who claim to be possessed by demons. A, a nine-year-old boy walking backward up a wall in the presence of a family case manager and a hospital nurse. There's a lot of shit happening here, right? Okay. Wow. The police captain involved, Charles Austin, said it was the strangest story he had ever heard, and he was a <laughs> he was a 36-year veteran of the Gary Police Department, and he said he initially thought the Indianapolis resident Latoya Amons and her family concocted an elaborate tale as a way to make money. Which, like, I I gotta be honest, if I was in his shoes and I heard this shit, I'd probably be like, "This sounds pretty fucking wild to me." Yeah. Um, but after several visits to their home and interviews with witnesses, he says simply, quote, I am a believer. That's a spook a book, right? So just, just everybody hold on to your fucking pants. This is going to get crazy. Not your hat, your pants. So I'm holding not on every- to my ears. Hold, hold, hold whatever the fuck you want, to be honest. So not everybody involved with the family was inclined to believe this rather incredible story. Um, and many people who hear about it will continue to find these supernatural claims impossible to accept. I'm borderline too, but some of this shit is crazy. So uh, whatever the cause of the creepy occurrences that befell the family, whether they were seized by a systemic delusion or a demonic possession, it led to one of the most unusual cases ever handled by the Department of Child Services. And many of the events are detailed in nearly 800 pages of official records. Oh my... <laughs> I know. And these events have been re- <clears throat> recounted, Jesus, in more than a hundred or a dozen interviews with police, DCS personnel, psychologists, the family members, as well as a Catholic priest. So Latoya, who swears by her story, has been like a- unusually open about the whole ordeal. Um, she she like at the time of like interviews and things like that that I read, she spoke solely on the condition that her children would not be interviewed or named. Uh, she signed releases letting, like, these different publications review medical, psychological, and official records that are not generally open to the public. And these records are, of course, not always flattering either. Um, and furthermore, the family's story is made only more bizarre because it involves, like I said, a DCS intervention, a string of psychological evaluations, a police investigation, and ultimately a series of exorcisms. So, the whole thing starts with some flies, which is like... So horror movie, right? So November 20, <clears throat> 2011 is when it really kicked off. So the Amons family moves into a rental house on Carolina Street in Gary, which is a quiet road lined with like one-story homes. It's like kind of cute, you know, whatever. All of a sudden, big black flies suddenly swarm their screened-in porch in December, despite the winter chill. No, thank you. 
And Latoya's mother, Rosa, Rosa Campbell, she remembers thinking, this isn't normal, <laughs> to which I, I would, in fact, Same. agree. <laughs> and Rosa says, quote, we killed them and killed them and killed them, but they kept coming back. You're right, Rosa. That shit's not normal. We can't have that. And there are other strange things happening, too. Like after midnight, both Latoya and her mother, Rosa, uh, said they would occasionally hear the steady clump of like footsteps climbing the basement stairs. And then they would hear the corresponding creak of the door opening between the basement and the kitchen, but nobody was there. Even after they locked the door, they would hear this. Fuck that. Campbell said she awoke one night and saw a shadowy figure of a man pacing her living room. Uh, She leapt out of bed to investigate and found large, wet boot prints. Which is gross. So not only is this fucker people, like, it's keeping people up, it's fucking making a mess. I draw the line. Like, if you're going to haunt my ass, don't fucking make my shit messy. Yeah, don't mess my house up. Don't do that. No. Like, fuck off. Be polite, at least. (laughs) Yeah, Jesus. So come March 10th, 2012, so we're now several months into this shit, the the grandmother, Rosa, she says the family's unease starts to turn to, like, true fear. Which, by the way, at this point, I would already be afraid. It wouldn't be unease. I would be well past the point of unease. Like, it would have... I would have, like, saw the flies, and I would have been like, what the fuck? Anyway, March 10th, 2012. It's about 2 a.m. Normally, Rosa, Rosa Campbell, the grandma, Latoya Amons, the mom, and her children would have been asleep. It's 2 a.m. But they were mourning the death of a loved one with a group of friends. And so Latoya, who was in Rosa's bedroom, startles everybody by by screaming for her mother. Um, Rosa says she ran into her bad, her bedroom where her then 12-year-old granddaughter and a friend were staying. <clears throat> Latoya and Rosa said the 12-year-old was levitating above the bed unconscious. Okay. Demons. According to their account of events, Latoya and several others surrounded this chick who was just like, you know, I mean, floating, floating like you do. And they start praying. And, and Rosa says she remembers being like very afraid. Um, eventually... The granddaughter descends onto the bed. The girl wakes up with no memory of what happened. And then both Latoya and Rosa said the people who were visiting that night refused to return ever again. Which, like, I mean... Same. If this legitimately happened and I saw this shit, I'd be like, yeah, hell fucking no. Like, no thanks, bye. The grass here's is in fact water. greener. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm... Here's some holy water and also, by the way, drink it. Like... <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> cleanse it from the inside. So, Rosa remembers telling Latoya... Like, that they needed help. Like, they needed to talk to somebody who knows how to deal with this shit. Um, They didn't know what the shit really was that they were dealing with, but they knew it couldn't be normal and felt, yes, it was something supernatural. So they call local churches. Most of them refused to listen. So, rude. Um, Very rude. Eventually, after listening to Rosa and LaToya talk about the house and visiting it, officials at one church tell them that the, the Carolina Street house has spirits in it. It's like, well, you don't say if this shit is actually happening. So they recommend the family cleans the home with bleach and ammonia and then use oil to draw crosses on every door and window. I don't Anointing know. with oil. That's a thing. Yeah. That's a thing. But like the bleach and ammonia, the ammonia. Doesn't that create Isn't that a like chemical... a, that's a, that's a terrible thing to combine. Yes. You can die from that. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> so. <clears throat> so thanks. Thanks to the church. All right. So anyway. Latoya says, like, cool. She pours olive oil on her three children's hands and feet. She smears oil in the shape of crosses on their foreheads, and then they do the windows and shit. You know, she's like, I might as well do the kids, too, because why not? So Rosa and Latoya um, share with a publication that they reached out to two clairvoyants who said that the family's home was besieged by more than 200 demons. Why are they all hanging out? Hanging out? Yeah, demons. Oh yeah, demons is oh demons is demons. It's I have the desire to only speak about demons as if I was like a Southern Baptist priest. It's demons. <laughs> so <laughs> that works so well for you. Thank <laughs> you. Their uh, so their explanation. These clairvoyants, like Rosa and Latoya, they're like, yeah, that like checks out because it meshes with like their Christian faith or whatever. So the so the best thing they say is you can move. So Lavoya or Latoya rather is like okay, but we can't do that because because we don't have the money for this shit. We literally just showed up to this shit like we're kind of strapped for cash, like you are when you fucking move. So yeah. instead, 
She takes another clairvoyant's advice and makes an altar in the basement. Like you do. So she sets up a little end table with a white sheet. She places a white candle and a statue of Mary, Joseph, and good old Jesus on it. And then she opens a Bible to Psalm 91. <clears throat> you know, I'll get there. I'll get to what <laughs> Psalm 91 is. So she says she and another person, they, they don white t-shirts. I don't know who this other person is, and I couldn't figure out. But anyway, they wind these like white scarves around their heads. On the clairvoyance advice, they burn sage and sulfur throughout the house. They start upstairs. They work their way down. The smoke was so thick that they could, like, not really breathe. And then she draws a cross with the smoke. And so the person she was with reads Psalm 91 aloud as they move through the house. Psalm 91 is, You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. And she says then after that, nothing odd happens for three days. Then all of a sudden, the shit hits the fan. I guess, like, even more than the shit is hitting the fan. We have multiple shits hitting the fan, okay? Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> the family says the demons... <laughs> the demons possessed Latoya and her children, then aged 7, 9, and 12. <clears throat> the kids' eyes start bulging. They get these, like, weird evil smiles on their faces, and then their voices deepen every time it happens, both Rosa and Latoya said. I'm kind of, like, down to question it a little bit because it's like, well, LaToya, weren't you theoretically possessed as well? Also, why wasn't Rosa? But whatever. Yeah. Rosa argues that the demon, the demons didn't affect her because she was born with protection from evil. And then she says she, like others, and others like her, have a guardian who protects them. Why didn't you pass that shit down to LaToya? Yeah, your daughter and grandchildren. Just saying. So anyway, LaToya Selfish. says... Big time. LaToya says when she was possessed, she felt weak, lightheaded, and warm, and her body would shake, and she said she felt out of control. And she said, you can tell it's different. It's something supernatural. The thing that's weird to me is, like, why does she remember it? I feel like a lot of times when people are, like, possessed, they don't remember it. So then the youngest boy, then the age of seven, apparently would sit in a closet talking to a boy that no one else could see, and the other boy was describing what it felt like to be killed. So that's a big hell no. Oh, I mean, no. no, Rosa, I know Rosa says that the seven year old once like flew out of the bathroom as if he'd been thrown. Uh, another time a headboard once smacked into one of the daughters causing a wound that needed stitches. Um, the 12 year old would later tell mental health professionals that she sometimes felt as if she was being choked and held down so she couldn't speak or move. And she said she heard a voice say that she'd never see her family again and wouldn't live for another 20 minutes. So That's there you horrifying. go. And then some nights were so bad the family like packed up and they went and slept at a hotel, which like I would have I wouldn't have come back to the fucking house. Like, yeah, you paid that money, but why I did you crash. keep coming back? Like, why did we go back? So finally, out of desperation, they go to their family physician, who is a doctor Jeffrey Onyuku Wu. Go with it. Yep. And this was April 19, twenty twelve. Latoya says she tells him what they're going through and she's hoping he might understand. And he said it was bizarre. He said <laughs> at that point he had been working 20 years in that profession and had never heard anything like that in his life. Um, and he was scared when he walked into the room and he said he wouldn't speak in more detail on it unless Latoya had psychiatric clearance um, for like a waiver that she signed. So in his medical notes about the visit, he wrote, quote, delusions of ghosts in home and, quote, hallucinations. He also wrote, quote, history of ghosts at home and, quote, delusional. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> so what LaToya and Rosa say happened next uh, was also detailed in a DCS um, report <clears throat> from a family case manager's interviews with medical staff. So essentially chaos erupts. So one of, um, oh, no, I'm sorry, both of the sons both of LaToya's sons curse the doctor in demonic voices and, like, rage at him. <laughs> to be a fucking fly on the wall. No pun intended with the whole flies thing, but, you <laughs> but know. Maybe. <laughs> but maybe. Medical staff say the youngest boy was, quote, lifted and thrown into the wall with nobody touching him. The boys abruptly pass out. They wouldn't come to. Um, the grandma, Rosa, she cradles one of the boys in her arms. LaToya held the other. Somebody from the doctor's office calls 911, and seven or eight police officers and multiple ambulances show up. And he says, quote, nobody could figure out what was happening. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. So 
Police and emergency personnel take the boys to Methodist Hospital's campus in Gary. Uh, Latoya said hospital personnel laughed at her desire to anoint her sons in olive oil. Uh, and she says she couldn't talk to them, so she talked to God. The boys wake up in the hospital. The older boy, who was nine, he acts rationally, but the youngest screams and thrashes. It took five men to hold him down. Wow. Meanwhile, somebody calls DCS and asks the agency to investigate LaToya for possible child abuse or neglect or something. Which, like, I get it. That step yeah. kind of makes sense. So the caller, who's not named in the DCS report, speculates that LaToya might have a mental illness. The person believed the children were performing for her and she was encouraging their behavior. So a family case manager, her name is Valerie Washington, is asked to handle the initial uh, investigation. And she gives the following account to police and in her intake officer's report. She says, hospital personnel examined LaToya and her children and found them to be healthy and free of marks or bruises. A hospital psychiatrist evaluates LaToya and determines she is of sound mind. Valerie then interviews the family in the hospital. While she spoke with LaToya, the seven-year-old boy starts growling with his teeth showing, and then his eyes rolled back in his head. And then the boy locked his hands around his older brother's throat and refused to let go until adults pried his hands open. And then later that evening, Valerie and a registered nurse, uh, Willie Lee Walker, brings the two boys what into a, a small... What a name! I know. Brings the two boys into a small exam room for an interview. And then Rosa, the grandma, joins them. The seven-year-old stares into his brother's eyes and starts to growl. And then he says in this, like, deep and unnatural voice, he says, it's time to die, I will kill you. And while the youngest boy spoke, the older brother started headbutting the grandma in the stomach. So, ouch. Rude and ouch. So she grabs her grandson's hand, she starts praying. And then what happens next is, like, crazy fucking shit. Uh, and so, to some, it would offer not only evidence, but essentially proof of paranormal activity. According to the original DCS report, uh, and this is an account corroborated by the nurse, Willie Lee Walker. <laughs> the nine-year-old had a, quote, weird grin and walked backward up a wall to the ceiling, then flipped over Rosa, landing on his feet, and he never let go of his grandmother's hand the entire time. Want to see a cool party trick? Yeah, that's some parkour <laughs> shit. So he, so he walks up the wall, flips over her, and then he just stands there, according to the nurse. And... She's like, there's no way he could have just, like, done that naturally. So later, the police ask Valerie, the case manager, whether the boy had run up the wall as though performing some kind of an acrobatic trick. And she says no. She said he literally glided backward on the floor, wall, and ceiling. So he was moonwalking. <laughs> Again, want to see a cool party trick? <laughs> literally the coolest. So she told police she was scared when it happened and ran out of the room. And uh, and the nurse ran out of the room with her. So she said they didn't know what was going on. They said it was crazy. Like, everybody's got to go. So according to the case manager's report, they tell a doctor what happened. And the doctor, who didn't believe them, asked the boy to do it again. Um, <laughs> and... <laughs> The nurse said he didn't feel that the kid would could do it again. He was like, this kid wasn't himself when he did that. So, like, no. The boy says he doesn't remember what happened and couldn't do it, according to the case manager's report. So, the nurse, who said he previously believed in demons and spirits, thought the boy's behavior had, quote, some demonic spirit to it, but also was the result of a mental illness. <laughs> Why does it always go back to that? Yeah, sure. I, There's I some just... demon energy here, but, like, they're mentally ill. So <laughs> let's chalk it up to the long list of things that we don't try and understand about mental illness. So anyway, a police report quotes the case manager saying she believed there could be an evil influence affecting the family. So then Latoya spends the night at the hospital with her seven-year-old while the grandma Rosa takes the daughter and older son to a relative's home in the same town. The next day uh, was the youngest son's eighth birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday. Fucking Happy birthday. birthday. So DCS officials asked the grandma to bring the, the two older children back to the hospital, presumably to talk more about what happened. The family celebrates the... Oh, excuse me. The family celebrates the boy's birthday by singing and eating a miniature cake. <laughs> Just in the middle of all the shit. <laughs> then... Just cake. Cake makes everything better, you cake, guys. Cake, That's cake, the bottom cake, line. Cake. I know. And then LaToya says the case manager told them the children wouldn't be going home. 
DCS took the emergency step of taking custody of the children without a court order. Um, all the children were experiencing spiritual and emotional distress, according to the form that was filled out. And so LaToya mm -hmm. shares that she and her children cried because they didn't want to be separated. And she said that they'd already been through so much and fought so hard for everything that it was obvious that they were a team and, and they were breaking up the team. Whatever. So then <laughs> we're April 20th, 2012. Reverend Michael Magano was leading a Bible study in his living room that morning, and he receives a call from the hospital chaplain. <laughs> Could you imagine? So Magano had been the priest at St. Stephen Martyr Parish in Maryville for more than 10 years, but had never received a request like this. And the request is, essentially, to perform an exorcism on the nine-year-old. Um, so Magano agrees to interview the family after a Sunday Mass a few days later. Yeah? I'm confused. I thought you said this was in... Did you just say April 20th, 2012? Yeah. I thought this, this lasted was in 2014. This lasts up until 2014. It starts in 2011 oh! and lasts up okay. until 2014. I got so, confuzzled. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. That's my bad. So the first step, uh, Magano says, is ruling out natural causes. So, like, snaps for him. Because, I mean, that's good. We like a logical priest. Far, yes. far and few between. So, um, her, so he visits LaToya and Rosa in their home April 22nd. For two hours, they detail this whole phenomena for him. And then, all of a sudden, the lights start flickering in the bathroom. And the flickering stops each time Magano walks over to investigate, which he attributes to a demonic presence. And he says, it must be scared of me. <laughs> of course. <laughs> the interview was interrupted again uh, when Rosa points out Venetian blinds in the kitchen swinging even though there's no air current. So he also said, the priest also said he saw wet footprints throughout the living room. LaToya complains about having a headache. Um, Magano says she convulsed when he placed a crucifix again, her, against her head. <laughs> and then after a four-hour interview, the priest says he's convinced the family was being tormented by demons. He also believed that there were ghosts in the house, too. So everybody's just hanging out in this house. There you go. He... Yeah, he, bl he blesses the house before he leaves. He prays, he reads from the Bible, blah, blah, blah. And then he tells Rosa and LaToya to leave because it's not safe. So they moved in with a relative for, like, just temporarily. So then, less than a week later, they're back in the house uh, to let the DCS case uh, manager check the condition of the home. Um, and she asked to bring a police officer with her. Uh, so two other officers, one each from Gary and Hammond Police Departments, asked to join out of professional curiosities. <laughs> so Latoya refuses to go inside, but Rosa agrees to accompany the group. So the kids were still with DCS. It's just them. So the main floor has three bedrooms, a living room, a bathroom, hardwood floors, a small open-style kitchen, and then a door in the kitchen that led to the basement, which I talked about before. And the basement has concrete floors. Directly under the stairs, however, is a dirt floor. And the concrete around it was jagged, like it had been broken. The makeshift altar that LaToya had created was still in place, along with rings of salt that she poured against the basement walls to dissuade the demons, theoretically. Rosa tells officers that the demons seemed to emanate from beneath the stairs. How she arrived at that conclusion, I don't know. But I mean, it, I guess it looks spooky, so like I could see it. Um, the police captain uh, shares that he believed in ghosts and the supernatural, but said he didn't believe in demons. And he changed his mind after visiting the home. So while interviewing Rosa, one of the officer's audio recorders malfunctioned. Um, the power light flashed to indicate the batteries were dying, even though the officer had just placed in fresh batteries prior to them coming to the ship. Another officer recorded audio, and when he played it back later, heard an unknown voice whisper, Hey, <laughs> according to police records. That officer also took photos of the house. In one photo... Of the stairs, there's a cloudy white image in the upper right-hand corner. Um, when he enlarges the photo, the cloud appears to resemble a face. Um, and then the enlargement also reveals a second green image that police say look like a female. Um, the captain said the photos he took with his iPhone also seemed to have strange silhouettes in them. And the radio in his police-issued Ford malfunctioned on the way home. And then later... The captain uh, shares that the garage at his Gary home refused to open, even though the power was on everywhere else. And he said the driver's seat in his personal 2005 Infinity also started moving backward and forward on its own. So I guess it, it followed him <laughs> up. So 
He said he had the car checked at the dealership. The mechanic told him the motor on the driver's seat was broken, which the mechanic said could have caused a distraction leading to an accident eventually. So the captain says he finds himself starting to believe in these claims of paranormal activity, whatever. So mental health professionals evaluating Latoya and her children still remain skeptical. So DCS outlines a case plan. Um, they like petition for temporary wardship of the children. The request is granted. They find that Latoya neglected her children's education by not having them in school regularly. Um, and that same finding was actually found back in 2009 before all of this too, as records would show. Latoya says there were times she couldn't send the kids to school because the spirits would make them sick or they would be up all night without sleep. DCS temporarily places her daughter and older son, at St. Joseph's Carmelite Home in East Chicago, and the youngest son is sent to Christian Haven in Wheatfield for psychiatric evaluation. Uh, clinical psychologist Stacy Wright, who evaluated this, the son, the youngest son, says the boy tended to act possessed when he was challenged, redirected, or asked questions he didn't want to answer. In her evaluation, she writes that he seemed coherent and logical, except when he talked about the demons. And then the stories became bizarre, fragmented, and illogical, and his stories changed every time he told them. He would also change the subject, quizzing the doctor on math problems and asking her about outer space, weirdly. Uh, So she believes that the eight-year-old didn't suffer from a true psychotic disorder, and she said it appears to be an unfortunate and sad case of a child who has been induced into a delusional system perpetuated by his mother and potentially reinforced by other relatives. Um, a separate psychologist evaluates the daughter and older son and comes to a similar conclusion independently, um, and says there also appears to be a need to assess the extent to which the daughter may have been unduly influenced by her mother's concerns, uh, that the family was exposed to paranormal experiences. So the daughter shares with the psychologist that she would see shadowy figures. She also said that she went into trances twice. The older son says that the doors would slam and stuff would move around on its own. Um, Latoya was also examined several times by psychologists, but she was guarded and did not seem to be experiencing symptoms of psychosis or thought disorder. And another psychologist recommended that she be assessed to determine whether her religiosity may be masking underlying delusional ideations or perceptual disturbances. Talk about a lot of big words in one sentence. Right. I know. So they all, despite all this, continue to insist that they were possessed by demons. So DCS sets goals for the family. One of them stipulated that the children not discuss demons of being possessed and take responsibility for their actions. They also need to participate in therapy to address past behavior. Okay. Okay. (laughs) DCS officials did credit LaToya for sharing a close bond with her children, but they also said she needed to use alternate forms of discipline not directly related to religion and demonic possession. So, anyway. Um, And LaToya also had to find a job and appropriate housing due to the paranormal activity that they were theoretically experiencing. So, she worked on meeting those objectives. Police and DCS officials continue to investigate the house. Um, So, Rosa LaToya, several police officers, they go back to the house in May. Uh, They come after work hours for the police officers. They're joined by the, the priest a couple of county officers, a police dog, and the case manager. Okay. <laughs> I know. And this is a different case manager. Why did manager. you have to bring the dog? What did the dog do to you guys? Come on. I, I know, seriously. So this is a different case manager. Um, she volunteered to go, I guess, again, out of professional curiosity. I don't really know. But anyway, she says she touched some strange liquid that she saw, she saw dripping in the basement and said it no. felt slippery yet sticky between her fingers. No, ew. God. No. <laughs> no. Um, the priest said he wanted to check the dirt under the stairs for a pentagram or personal objects. Um, and maybe somebody was also buried there, you know, whatever. So they, they dig a four by three foot hole beneath the stairs. They unearth a pink press on fingernail, a white pair of panties, a political shirt pin, a lid made for small, like a small cooking pan, socks with the bottoms cut off below the ankles, Candy wrappers and a heavy metal object that looked like a weight for a drapery cord, but they didn't find anything else. That all sounds like very random. That sounds like, I don't know, a possible murder site to me. (laughs) We've got some weird shit there, but anyway, they didn't find anything else. So they replaced the dirt and rake over it. I think they probably should have gone deeper. Yep. You know, 
granted they found those things, but whatever. So he blesses some salt, the priest, and he, he spreads it around under the stairs and throughout the basement or whatever. So the case manager is standing in the living room with the rest of the group, and she feels her left pinky finger start to tingle and whiten and said it felt broken. And then less than 10 minutes later, she said she felt like she was having a panic attack and couldn't breathe. So she goes outside. When the priest starts questioning Latoya inside the house, she complains of a headache and shoulder pain and goes outside. The captain left the house at nightfall um, and said he was not interested in staying in the house past dark. <laughs> the, other, the other officers continue to walk through the home. They find an oil-like substance dripping from Venetian blinds in the bedroom. Couldn't figure out where it was coming from. To make sure Rosa or Latoya hadn't poured oil on the blinds, two of the officers used paper towels to clean it off. They sealed the room for 25 minutes, stood nearby so nobody could walk in, and then when they went back in, it had reappeared uh-huh. on its own. So that's interesting. Um, and then here comes the exorcism. So the priest says um, in all of his time, he had never seen an exorcism actually authorized by a bishop in the Diocese of Gary. But... Um, and and there's also like mixed things saying like there, people aren't sure whether like this person actually ever received an approve like an approval for an exorcism. It's a whole thing. Yeah. So anyway, the bishop tells Magano to contact other priests, see if they've done exorcisms, whatever. There's like a lot of barking up trees and weird shit with this. Magano says he needs several other priests to give him the ritual for a minor exorcism, which does not require church approval. And in fact, he can look it up on the internet. (laughs) So he does quote (laughs) an intense blessing on the home. And then that, that same day he performs a minor exorcism on Latoya, which consists of prayers and statements and appeals to cast out demons. Um, several police officers and the family case manager attend the ritual. Um, she says she felt something was going on, but she couldn't go as far as saying it was demonic, but she got chills during the nearly two hour rite, And she said she felt like somebody else was in the room with them breathing down her neck. And she had a string of medical problems after visiting the home. Uh, she got third degree burns from a motorcycle within 30 days. She broke three ribs, jet skiing. She broke a hand when she hit a table and then broke an ankle running in flip flops. Though, to be honest, that's I mean, a lot. Why are you but riding like, in flip-flops? You're also jet skiing. You're riding a motorcycle. You're running in flip-flops. Okay. Things are going to so, happen. <laughs> anyway, after the minor ritual, the priest tells Latoya to look up the names of demons that were torturing her, supposedly. And each demon has a name and personality. And so the name has power. We know all of this. So <sighs> Latoya and her friend looked up the demons' names online by searching for demons that represented the problems the family had been having. And the computer kept shutting down by itself. And then she felt sick and lightheaded. But they found names that fit. Of course, Beelzebub, Lord of the Flies. <laughs> they, also, they also found names of demons that torture and hurt kids. Um, and then she also said that other high-ranking demons were assigned to her, including lieutenants and sergeants. And after the minor rite, Magano says a bishop gives him permission to exercise Latoya fully. And so it's like a similar thing. You know, they, he performs three exorcisms on Latoya, two in English, one in Latin. We're now in June and July. His voice uh, grows louder and more forceful until the demon weakens. And he said he could tell how strong the demon was by how much Latoya was convulsing. Yada, yada, yada. She was hurting from the inside out, all over, whatever. In between the second and third exorcisms, the priest says he goes on a retreat. (laughs) (laughs) I need a break. I need a break. Um, A woman who had assisted him with some, some of the exorcisms helps set up a backup plan in case Latoya has problems while the priest is gone. The woman wrote a long demon name, one that the priest says he can't remember which one it is, on a piece of paper and tucks it in an envelope, and then she surrounds it with salt. And if Latoya had problems, the woman would burn the envelope. Uh, By this time, Latoya and her mother had moved to Indianapolis, but they drove back for the exorcisms and court hearings because the children were still in DCS's care. Um, And the the home was blessed again. Um, Latoya calls the priest while he's on his retreat, complains of bad dreams so the woman burns the envelope and she saves the ashes to burn again later in a church bonfire and after that all the nightmares ended 
And so in the final exorcism, um, the priest prays and berates the demons in Latin rather than English. Police officers did not attend. So the priest said his, um, his like partner in all this stood ground or stood guard rather. And it said that Latoya convulsed while he condemned the demons, but did not convulse during prayer. And then she fell asleep. And he said words of thanksgiving. And then that would be the last time that Latoya sees the priest. She and her mother drive back to Indianapolis, where they now live without fear. Um, and there have been no problems in the home. There were no problems in the home before the family moving in. And there have been no problems since they moved out. So. It works. There's, <laughs> there's that. Latoya regains custody of her three children. Um, at this point, we're right about at 2013. But um, the DCS continues to check on the children and make sure they're going to school. And then the case was finally closed in February of 2014. And Amons, or uh, Latoya, Latoya Amons, calls her children's return the happiest day of her life. And, I mean, that's that's the house of 200 demons and the many exorcisms of Jeez. Latoya Amons. I personally don't know what to think i think a lot of it's bullshit but then you hear about some of this other stuff that's verified by like people independently in the hospital and like the dcs case manager and the cops and you're like wow that's pretty apeshit yeah and i I, that's a lot to still unpack (laughs) i know like i know but this whole thing this whole thing lasted like 3 years. I mean, it was like 3 wow. years before they officially closed the the case on this. I don't know, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think it's I I mean Oh yeah, part of me goes, mm, "I'm not really taking this bait, Latoya." Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Got to be but, honest. But then, yeah, it's the other accounts. It's the other witnesses that throw me. Yeah. That like just go, "Okay, well wait a minute." <laughs> then because like how do you get everyone on board like that do you know what i mean yeah exactly and like the fact that it happened out some of this stuff happened outside of the home you know like in the hospital itself and shit like that and it's like well she it's not like she could have like rigged anything she couldn't have like you know what i mean yeah no can i just say the officer that didn't believe in him and then afterwards then believed in them because he saw his car going back and forth. <laughs> like the demons were going, do you believe in us now, bitch? <laughs> Can you hear me Sorry. now? I just love that what they were fucking with was just his car seat going forward and backwards. <laughs> Fuck. How do you like me now? See, that makes me think of the show Ghosts. which I, I love that. It's like one of the ghosts has the ability to touch Right, mm-hmm. but it's very slow. So I feel like the demons were like, "I can't do much, but I can push this button." <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm like, I'm kind of fifty fifty on this one, right? Like, yeah, I, mean, I have to agree with you on that. Like, I know, like, there's a lot of things that make me think this is bullshit. Like, there's, it seems like there's this weird religious fervor going around. It seems like there was no problems before they got there, and there's no problems after they left. Like. You know, I don't know, yeah. weird shit. But then at the same time, the, the kid glides backwards up the wall and the ceiling, and everybody like witnesses it, and they're like, "Well, better put this Hell in the no, book." That, that was <laughs> fucked. So I, I don't know. It's it's weird. I'm fifty fifty on it. Still, I I don't know. I'd be curious to see a if any of our listeners have ever read about this, and b what they think. So let us know. Just yeah, let us know. Comment down below yeah. on our Instagram. Yeah, comment on all of our shit. Email us. Whatever. Whatever. What send a carrier pigeon. It really doesn't matter. Whatever you want to however if you, you want to communicate. Send a carrier pigeon to one of us. I'll be very impressed because you don't know where we live, but it'll be cool. I will be I may be a little afraid. Yes. That was a doozy, dude. That was it, a well long done. One. Absolutely well done, by the way, because there was a lot to there is a lot to unpack with all of that. There is. But like where did you get this one from? Google. Google. I just, okay. I don't even remember what I looked up. I think I looked up like crazy true exorcism stories, <laughs> something <laughs> you know, like you do. And I just found this, and it was like the house of two hundred demons. And I was like, what the fuck? I'm okay, sold. <laughs> fine. Do I think that there are two hundred demons in that house? No, but I think there. I don't know. Maybe was some shit going on. I really don't know what to think. I mean, it was also weird shit they found under on. the stairs. 
Yeah. But who's to say they nice. didn't put that shit down there either? Like, yeah, who's to say they didn't? The pink press-on nail? That's yeah, weird. seems weird. Yeah. And then, like, they find all the shit and they're like, mm, guess we'll stop digging. It's just random stuff. No, you keep going at that point. Like, you, yeah, what, what okay. So, anyway, that's just, I, I'm 50-50. Long story short. Wow. wow. There you have it. Um... I like I don't even know what to say. Like reading back over it again now my mind is like going in circles. So I you know, before I have a stroke, <laughs> I think I think what I'm I going think we'll to end say, it there. I think I'll so, say until next time. Stay strange. <laughs>